Oh, podcast is recording before I wanted it to. See if the video is going to record tonight. And we're going. And we're going for it. So tonight, the WWE put on its Extreme Rules show. There wasn't much extreme to Extreme Rules, but there were a lot of good matches. Uh, Overall, it was a good pay-per-view. I thought everybody put uh, everything they had on the line. Just had great matches. Great wrestling. Yeah. Now we got uh, Seth Rollins on the Broken Skull Sessions with Steve Austin. There's a little relaxing Christmas music playing in the background here. And uh, we're off and rolling on Americana, the American way with Big John. <clears throat> Been smoking this stogie through the whole Pay for you and now it goes out. So this was a little unusual because uh, the well, extreme rules came out of ECW One Night Stand Uh, I think there were two or three of those pay-per-views it was a throwback to Extreme Championship Wrestling and then it came became Extreme Rules a few years later Uh, and every match had to have uh, an extreme element to it an extreme gimmick Tonight, that was not the case. But during the pre-show, they started off with uh, Liv Morgan versus Carmella. What looked like a stripper fight. That's... that's, uh, uh, I don't want to focus too much on the the women's outfits because it takes away from them. But the way they were dressed almost took away from the match. Uh... Liv Morgan came out just, I mean, dressed like a stripper. She had, uh, on her top, it had uh, green X's. Looked like, uh, they looked like green tape. I won't say on which parts of her top, but you can guess. And the X's were connected with a chain, which would uh, make you think of a certain type of clamp. Clamps, clamp to the X's, I guess we'll say. Anyways, uh, both women paid their dues. Both women have, you know, earned the right to be on, uh, I don't know if you can call them pay-per-views anymore because you don't pay-per-view. It's all on this Peacock WWE network. But anyways, these two women have paid their dues, um... I still say in real life, Carmella's too good for Corey Graves, but whatever. Uh, Carmella gets the mic and talks a bunch of smack to start it out with. 
I was listening to the Raiders press post game press conference, so I missed this. Probably didn't miss much of what she had to say. Uh, Liv Morgan jumped Carmella from behind to start the match off. Uh, Liv was very aggressive. Uh, Carmella using a lot of heel stalling type tactics. Uh, Carmella had, you know, <clears throat> a good chin lock on uh, Liv Morgan for quite quite a while. Uh, which, I mean, that's a wrestling move. You know, nothing wrong with that. It just lasted a while. Uh, but both... A lot of false finishes. Uh, really good match for the two of them. A lot of chain wrestling. A lot of chain wrestling moves. Liv Morgan won with some kind of... Uh, I just, so some kind of reverse bulldog where she bounced off the middle rope and took Carmella backwards. Uh... <clears throat> Good match, no botches. I gave it 69 and a half stars. Um, but my first note of the night subsection was like, why is the ref enforcing the rules at an extreme rules match? Isn't this supposed to be the night where everything's extreme and the rules go out the window? But whatever, you know. Next, we had the New Day versus AJ Styles, Omos, and Bobby Lashley. Uh, this is a good match. You know, wasn't spectacular, wasn't over the top. Again, nothing extreme about it. But it, they start out with AJ Styles and Xavier Woods. Uh, the New Day then trapped Bobby Lashley in their corner and took turns stomping. Bobby Lashley, which was pretty funny. Uh, Lashley took control over Kofi Kingston. Uh, he tags in almost. Almost is all power moves and no selling. Just like a big man should work. Uh, I think he's got a lot of upside and is going to have uh, a big career in the WWE. They're starting him out slow. You know, he's in a lot of tag matches, so you don't see his weaknesses. You know, he started out as just a bodyguard for a couple months. Uh, and now he's getting in the ring slowly. So that's good. They're building him up slowly. Uh, this was a seesaw match back and forth. Uh, it ended when AJ Styles and Bobby Lashley took turns blind tagging each other. Then Lashley accidentally speared AJ Styles. Lashley was the legal man. Big E gave Lashley that thing where it looks like he's going to power slam the person. And then he drops them flat on their face. New Day wins. Five stars. I give it five stars. Uh, next was the Street Profits versus the Usos with Lady Ref Jess. And she's cute. I, I can't help it. I like Lady Ref Jess. She's cool. The Usos beat up on Montez Ford with his bad ribs uh, for the first five minutes of the match or so. Uh, the Street Profits hit their version of the Doomsday Device, the old Road Warriors finish. 
Uh, that only got a two count. Uh, I said Montez Ford did an awesome frog splash off the top rope. He, he's the only person I know that does a better frog splash than Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero, for me, will always have the, well, I guess now second best frog splash in wrestling. But up until Montez Ford, Eddie Guerrero had the best frog splash. But Montez, I swear he gets about, he jumps off the top rope and gets about 10 feet of air above the top rope. How high is the top rope? What, four or five feet? So he's like 15 feet in the air, it seems like, when he does that frog splash. I mean, maybe it's only 10 feet, but still, he gets a lot of height off that frog splash. Um, <clears throat> then, you know, the Usos, uh, well, the next frog splash, uh, he attempted the Usos. I can't tell Jay from Jimmy, so I just call whoever's in the ring the Usos. But anyways, uh, the Uso got his knees up, so that ruined the frog splash there were a lot of false finishes in this match uh, a lot like the ladies match that started out on the kickoff show a lot of false finishes to uh, get the crowd into it the crowd really gets excited when there's false finish after false finish uh, Dawkins pushed Ford out of the way uh, and took a double super kick from the Usos this was kind of the beginning of the end uh, at one point, you know, Dawkins was in the ring cleaning house. Uh, then the Usos got control again with again over Montez Ford. Uh, they were going to double super kick Ford, and uh, Dawkins knocked him out of the way. Then the Usos beat up on Montez Ford for a couple minutes. They did a double frog splash where one Uso was on one side of the ring, the other was on the other side. And Ford was in the middle. One landed on Ford's chest, the other on Ford's legs. One, two, three, the Usos hold on to their SmackDown tag team titles. That was a good match. Very, you know, intriguing. A lot of high spots, a lot of false finishes, uh, good hot tags, you know, uh, between Montez Ford and Dawkins. Uh, I gave it 10 stars. Then we had a promo for the Saudi Arabia Crown Jewel event October 21st on the Peacock Network. It's going to be at like 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I, I can't, I don't remember what it is, but it's like late in the day Saudi Arabia time. Or maybe early morning. I don't know. They try to put them now where it's not in the, the hottest part of the day in Saudi Arabia but I don't know if that actually works because this time of year it's like always over 100 degrees in Saudi Arabia anyways next we had Alexa Bliss and Charlotte Flair for the raw women's title um, I like Charlotte Flair's robes of course you know she's imitating her dad but I think her robes are a little better, actually. Um, I don't know. She started...
she started going away from from copying Ric Flair's old robe styles to having her own style. Uh, it's just something I pick up on. Charlotte's the most athletic looking and probably the most complete woman wrestler in WWE. Maybe the most complete women wrestler next to Tessa Blanchard. Uh, it's unfortunate Tessa has made herself kind of into damaged goods. Um, with some of the stuff she did in, at in. I don't know if you say in Impact Wrestling. But she just got a bad reputation of a bad attitude in the wrestling business. Uh, she's only 25 years old. So hopefully some big promotion either... Uh, well, it won't be Impact, we know that, because she kind of screwed them over. Um, and it won't be, I don't know, I mean, it could be All Elite Wrestling, it could be the WWE, it could be NXT. I don't know. Uh, I wish Tessa was in wrestling. But anyways, not to take away from this match. Um, you know, a lot of people, they get down on Alexa Bliss because she's so small. Five feet tall. Um, but she uses her athleticism to make her wrestling look believable. You know, she will come out swinging like crazy. She'll just, you know, she'll use her size to her advantage. Uh, there were a lot of times when she would, you know, get herself up on Charlotte Flair's shoulders and start punching Charlotte in the head, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I saw Charlotte, who's a lot bigger than Sasha Banks, uh, wrestle Sasha at an NXT show in Columbus, Ohio, at the Arnold Classic, as a matter of fact. And you, I felt bad for Charlotte because Sasha was dominant in the match. So, somebody being of smaller stature doesn't mean that they can't overcome someone else's size and strength advantage with wrestling or grappling. Uh, or Alexa Bliss just overcomes it with uh, five feet of fury going wild. But anyways, it was a good match. Uh... Charlotte Flair won with the natural selection. Alexa Bliss then freaked out after the match because Charlotte ripped Alexa's doll, Lily, up, ripped it apart in the ring, ripped the stuffing out of it. Uh, Alexa was standing on the announce table, ripping her hair out, trying to rip her own hair out. And then she got in the ring and picked up what was left of Lily and cried. And the crowd started chanting, thank you, Lily. <laughs> like this was Lily's retirement match, I guess. Uh, I give it 6.735 stars. Next, we had Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy versus Damian Priest for the United States title. And there's nothing in this match that got me excited. Uh, I like all the the wrestlers in it and it was a good match it was just good but it followed something that was 
pretty awesome. A match that had a great build-up with Charlotte and Alexa. A lot of drama to it. Uh, you know, of course, thank you, Lily. The destruction of the doll, Lily. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but this was like the bathroom break match, unfortunately. Um, I think Damian Priest needs a better feud than Sheamus. But Sheamus is a, a good worker. He'll work with other people. Uh, he... He's believable. Uh, Jeff Hardy, of course, is always uh, a show stealer with his uh, high-flying moves, even though he's kind of toned that back a little bit because of his age. But, again, it just didn't do anything for me. Now, if I would have watched the match all the way through, um, and what I did watch, it was just a good match, but it wasn't great it wasn't over the top it, it was good so i gave it four stars next big e big e came out showed some piss and vinegar he was fired up he called out called bobby lashley out said tomorrow night on raw eight o'clock sharp me and you are going to settle this in the ring he said, uh, your ass better be ready. So, Big E showed a, a little different character there. You know, a little more than just the power of positivity in that uh, promo he cut. So, that was kind of good. That was showing a different side of the Big E character. That he can be a tough guy, a strong champion when he needs to be. So that was pretty cool. I, I really liked that promo he cut. Next we had Bianca versus Becky. Uh, big build up. You know, Becky Lynch beat Bianca in 20 seconds at SummerSlam. Um, unexpected. We still don't know why Sasha Banks disappeared off the radar uh, at SummerSlam and for the last month or so. Maybe we'll find out someday. But who knows for now. Um, I, my first thoughts were this is going to be good. Uh, do they try to push Becky as more of a heel? Or do they do a double switch and make Becky the baby face and Bianca a heel? That was one of my thoughts. As the match went on, um, the crowd seemed... Um, the crowd did seem to be a little more on Bianca's side, though. So, even though they still pop for Becky, Bianca got a huge pop. Almost a Road Warrior pop. And Becky got a big pop, too, but not quite as big as Bianca's. So, maybe the fans are starting to buy into the Becky heel character. Uh... Both were fan favorites. Becky's trying to end the match quickly. Bianca doing a lot of the ES or Bianca got a lot of EST chants. And then that was followed by Let's Go Becky. And honestly, I think the same people were chanting Let's Go Becky EST. Let's go Becky EST. I think it was the same people. I think everybody was chanting for both girls. But they put on a great match. It was very, very entertaining. Uh, 
Becky, again, was trying to end the match quick. A lot of heel work. <clears throat> uh, Becky also noticed she was wearing all white with a silver stripe down the side. Very Seth Rollins-ish. You know, for a while, Seth had been coming out in uh, white patent leather suits. And then, uh, lately, he's been coming out in a silver LeMay suit. So, uh, maybe that was a little hint, uh, dedication to her husband. Something of that nature. So, Becky would use Bianca's ponytail to her advantage. Uh, she grabbed the ponytail, pulled it over the top rope, thus yanking uh, Bianca's head and neck over the top rope. There were a couple times Becky used the ponytail against Bianca. Um, Bianca was a combination of power and athletic moves like always. She's a great athlete. She's right up there with Charlotte Flair in athleticism. Um, one of the two or three most athletic women in wrestling, Bianca Belair. Becky had a lot of quick snap moves that she used to turn into pinning predicaments. Everything Becky did was uh, move, move, pinning predicament, move, move, submission. Then, from out of absolutely nowhere, no music hit, thank goodness, out sprints Sasha Banks. This got a big pop from the crowd. It was awesome. It was a surprise. Like I said, Sasha's music didn't play. Just out of the corner of the camera lens, you saw someone running towards the ring, and like instantly you knew it was Sasha Banks. Uh... And she attacked Bianca at first, which caused the disqualification. Becky approached Sasha with her thumb, thumbs up and tried to extend the hand. Well, then Sasha beat Becky up too. Then Bianca tried to jump Sasha from behind. No, Sasha reverses it and beats up uh, Bianca a little more. Then she turns around beats up Becky a little more. And then she says... I'll see the two of you Friday night. So Friday night, we're going to find out where Sasha's been and what she's been up to. And <coughs> I, thought she, I thought Jim Cornette knocked her up, to be honest with you. I thought she was pregnant with Jim Cornette's love child, but not, evidently not. So after that, we have the main event, what the crowd's been waiting for all night. The Demon Balor versus Roman Reigns. Will Brock Lesnar interfere in any way? Now you kind of, they kind of gave away the ending because Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns is scheduled for uh, Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. So, you kind of had a thought that 
Balor was going to lose no matter what. But it was a good match. Um, Balor came out with a lot of quick strikes, kicks to the legs, you know, trying to chop Roman Reigns down. Roman was all power moves, all power wrestling, you know, slams, throwing Balor into the turnbuckles. And Balor no-sold a lot of those moves. Uh, Roman went under the ring. I don't know why they keep leaving Singapore canes and tables and chairs under the ring. Like, how do those get there? I don't know. It's one of the mysteries of wrestling, I guess. Only the shadow knows. The secrets that are told that never do unfold. So, Roman grabs one Singapore cane. And mysteriously, on the other side of the ring... Are... Four Singapore canes... Taped together... And the tape just happens to match the pattern of the demon's makeup. The demon Balor makeup. Oh my goodness. How could anybody have known to leave four Singapore canes taped together and in the colors of the demon? Oh, I, well, I, he must have snuck down there when no one was looking and planted it. I guess. I don't know. How these canes and chairs and tables and toolboxes and gosh knows what else end up under these rings. It just, I don't, I don't get it. But anyways, so they go to their Singapore canes. They beat, uh, Balor beats up uh, Roman with his Sing- four Singapore canes taped together. <clears throat> Uh, Roman hits a spear. The demon kicks out with a low blow all in one. So as the demon Balor was kicking out, his hand conveniently hit Roman between the legs. Uh, Roman did a a horrible acting job, but he sold it. Give him credit. Um, Then, you know, the demon goes for the coup de gras. The demon Balor goes for the coup de gras. He's about to pin Roman when out of nowhere come the Usos. And they pull Balor out of the ring. But, of course, there's no DQs. This is the only Extreme Rules match of the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. Every other match had rules but this one. Alright, we got one Extreme Rules match out of... Five or six. Whatever. So. The demon ends up. Demoning up. He knows. He's getting beat up by the Usos. And then suddenly he springs to life. And beats up both Usos. So now both Usos are down and out. Then out of nowhere. Here comes Roman Reigns. And spears Balor through the barricade. Now everyone's out on the floor. Everyone's out cold. What do you, what's going to happen? And there's no disqualifications, no countouts. Oh, lordy heavens. Then the lights in the building turn red. How did that happen? How did the lights know to turn red? And then a heartbeat sound starts playing over the public address system. And the demon starts convulsing 
to the heartbeat sound, and he's back. It's the demon heartbeat, says, I don't know, one of the, Pat McAfee. And so the demon who is flat on his face begins convulsing and comes back to life. The demon Balor. And then he starts beating up everybody. He's beating the snot out of Roman with a folding chair. Again, conveniently hidden under the ring. He goes up. Balor goes up to the top rope. He slithers up there in true demon fashion. And as he's on the top rope, the turnbuckle on the other side shoots off into the middle of the ring and the demon comes crashing down, holding his knee. Now he's been possessed by his inner demon this whole match, but falling off the top rope, he's selling his knee. All right, make the, the lights, the house lights come back on, normal colors. You think that Balor has suffered a legit injury he, he staggers to his feet, and out of nowhere, Roman Reigns, with a sudden burst of energy, seeing his opportunity, spears Balor for the one, two, three. That just made me laugh at how convenient everything unfolded in that last few minutes of the match. The The lights turning red. The demon heartbeat beating over the loudspeakers. The demon Balor convulsing back to life. <laughs> to the beat of the hearts. Or to the heartbeat, whatever. And then the top rope breaks. And it, for a minute I was like, whoa, what, the, what? You know, you think Paul, after a few seconds of the referees or the announcers overselling Oh my gosh, how'd the top rope break? What 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 just happened? What what you start thinking, okay, Paul Heyman did something or you know, whatever. And then of course Reigns gets his spear to win. Uh I gave it ten stars because the majority of the match was very entertaining. Very good match by all guys involved. Uh I like Finn Balor when he paints himself because it's kind of a throwback to my younger days when you had a lot of guys with face paint like the Road Warriors I hate Demolition Uh, Demolition I'm sorry they were the generic Warriors Uh, but you had like the, the Warlord and the Barbarian Sting the Great Muda so, you know, I, I like it when Finn Balor goes to that other side and d- puts on his demon makeup. And he doesn't just stop at his face. He paints uh, from his chest up in, you know, this crazy demon makeup. It's really cool. I don't like demons, I mean, you know, but it, it's a thing, you know. It's some folklore that, you know, this demon Balor and this is Finn's inner side that he goes to and draws uh, a deeper strength uh, an inner strength that he has an angry evil side where he's impervious to pain and you know I really root for the wrestlers on this pay-per-view 
they're they put on these great matches. The WWE storylines and booking have been horrible uh, for the last couple years. Then you know Vince decides to bring back in Johnny Ace and Bruce Pritchard, um, and of course they have a whole team of writers writing these cor- corny storylines like Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss being evil and demonic, and first she was, you know, possessed by the uh, the fiend Bray Wyatt. Well, then she ends up possessing him, and then she has these magic powers where she can stare at people and make them uh, do things they don't want to do, like slap their best friend or slap the wrestler they're supposed to be managing or whatever um i think that's pretty tacky but alexa bliss took that gimmick and made it her own took that character and owned it and made it good made it watchable and now they're changing it again and we'll see how she transforms back to Alexa Bliss the five feet of fury sorry I'm going off camera here but I'm weird Um, so all in all it was a good pay-per-view I liked every match every match was a good match there was a point in the uh, Sheamus Sheamus, um, Jeff Hardy, Damian Priest match where Damian was on the ring apron and was trying to do something to uh, <coughs> Sheamus. He was trying to pull Sheamus, you know, backwards over, like snap his neck and head back over the top rope, and Priest slipped and fell off the ring apron, but he recovered quickly and jumped up and. Gave uh, a roundhouse kick to Sheamus's legs. Damian Priest is a very smooth wrestler. He's a very good worker. Uh, I think he's got a lot of upside. He was big on the independents. And uh, they brought him in to NXT and put him on the main roster pretty quickly. He's a fan favorite. He can talk. But he's in his late 30s, so he's right at his his peak. So he's got a few more years to, you know, give us great matches, deliver, uh, and then he's you know going to be on the downside of his career. <coughs> the thing I I was thinking of in the uh, the first match of the pay per view, the New Day. Versus uh, AJ Styles, Omos, and Bobby Lashley uh, is how much WWE fans missed out on because AJ Styles was years ahead of where the business was. Uh, he he wasn't a big he's a big guy compared to a normal person. I mean he's got a build he's built he's got an athletic build. But he wasn't what 
Vince McMahon wanted. Vince McMahon would have snapped AJ Styles up in a minute if he had fewer wrestling moves, uh, was less of a high flyer, but was 40 pounds heavier like John Cena. AJ Styles, they say, weighs 220. I think, yeah, yeah, that's probably right. He's pretty muscular. If he had another 20 pounds of muscle on him and looked and wrestled like John Cena, where John Cena is a good wrestler. He still draws. He's still put together. But he, he is what Vince wants. And... AJ Styles was not that. But I remember when you saw an AJ Styles match in Ring of Honor, you got your money's worth. You paid 40 bucks for a front row seat that was worth $120. You know, I mean, just to see an AJ Styles match because you were going to see the best mat wrestling. And then... Right when you were getting to the edge of your seat, like, man, this is a great technical wrestling match. He took it to the air. He was doing the, quote, suicide dives out of the ring. I'd never seen that in wrestling before. AJ Styles, uh, Homicide, Samoa Joe. I mean, you go to a Ring of Honor match, pay for a front row seat, and you got to know the wrestlers up close and personal because they were going to be in your lap before the match was over. And, you know, AJ Styles was one of those guys that did all kinds of crazy high spots. And people said, yeah, you know, AJ Styles can do that now. He's in his 20s. But will he be able to walk 20 years from now? Well, I first saw AJ Styles in 2002, 2005 or something like that. He's still walking. He's still putting on great matches. Yeah, he's not doing quite as much high-flying. The most high-flying maneuvers he does now are, uh, you know, some flips to the outside over the top rope from the mat. Uh, He'll do the phenomenal forearm off the top rope, but he's not doing the the off-the-top rope corkscrew uh, moonsault anymore. Uh, he's not doing the, you know, five or ten feet, of, well, five feet above the top rope, out onto the floor, onto his opponent, Matt, uh, moves anymore. So, you know, the WWE and Vince McMahon's old way of thinking that everybody has to be a steroid monster really shortchanged the American wrestling fans. Unless you were a Ring of Honor junkie like me. Or. A tape trader. They used to call them people that exchanged DVDs and tape videotapes over the internet. Uh, or you're uh, in Japan. His best work was probably done in New Japan Pro Wrestling when he was leader of the Bullet Club, uh, you know, you really missed out on some great things. So if you can find some AJ Styles matches from the early 2000s, uh, watch them. 
you'll see some things that you've never seen before. But uh, as far as extreme rules goes, I wish there were more extreme matches. Uh, there was nobody got busted wide open. Uh, you know, I guess the days of that being part of wrestling are over. And a lot of it has to do with the wrestler safety protocols. I get it. Uh, you know, they're using a lot. When they use the folding chairs, it's usually they're hitting one another in the back, which is good. Uh, we don't need any more people with uh, concussion syndrome or CTE. Uh, so... But I like this pay-per-view, this show. This I hate to call wrestling matches a show, but you can't call it a pay-per-view anymore either because you're not paying per view. Um, but anyhow, I guess at the beginning, I was still watching the Raiders post-game press conference, but there was a technical issue with the Peacock Network as usual. <coughs> the only issue I notice was it froze up at one point I think during the Carmella and uh, Liv Morgan match by the way Carmella you're still too hot for Corey Graves but anyhow uh, during that match I noticed my TV glitched a little bit froze up and it might have happened one more time after that but the people that were watching it live and I was watching the Twitter feed were going, people were going ballistic because on the Peacock Network, you could hear the Spanish announced team and the English announced team at the same time. And I guess this has happened before. My problem with the Peacock stream has always been it freezing and going haywire, the, the screen turning into a bunch of little cubicles and things like that and you have to you know uh, exit out of it and go back in and then you've missed part of the match but <clears throat> the I understand where WWE is coming from in this deal with NBC and I really hope they do not sell the company to NBC I hope it stays in the McMahon family I don't know Heck, if I had a couple billion dollars, I'd buy it and run it like a wrestling company. But you got um, this deal with Peacock. Peacock has 22 million subscribers. So that potentially exposes the WWE's product to 22 million people, I guess was Vince's thinking when he let uh, not Tony Khan uh, but he has a guy named Khan working for him um, Nick Khan when he let Nick Khan sell the WWE Network to NBC to put on the Peacock platform that was terrible the WWE Network I thought was awesome there was tens of thousands of hours of old school wrestling content on there. There, The live streams were getting all the kinks and bugs worked out. <clears throat> and they were smooth. 
You didn't hear the Spanish announcers and the English announcers at the same time. You didn't have glitches and freezes and all those things happening. So, nonetheless, kudos to the wrestlers. Thank you for putting on a great pay-per-view, great great matches. And uh, that's all. See y'all next time. This is Big John on Americana, the America, American way. Signing out, signing off. Happy Hanukkah.